Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo on this wonderful football Friday, Dallas week. How about them Cowboys? Can't wait until Sunday at the link. Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboys in a game that really matters for this season. Probably the biggest game of the year so far for this Philadelphia Eagles team and could mean a lot for home field advantage in the NFC. But guys, I saw some of you already on Birds 365. I filled in for John McMullen in the last hour. So let's get a roll call of who my Power Hour crew is in the house today. I see Daz already with an eagle. Vince Engelking, good morning. Go Birds. The real RMP. Double Birds on Sunday to any Trash Boy fans. Go Birds. JM in the house. Bobby Murphy in the house. I am ready for Sunday, too, my man. I am ready for Sunday as well. Who else we got here? Who else is excited on this football Friday? What's up, Tony? Good morning to you. You know, Farzee said on the show yesterday that although it's Dallas Cowboys week, that he wasn't feeling the excitement of a Dallas Cowboys week. And I kind of disagree with him because, look, I post daily content on my social media, and I see you guys commenting and responding to my videos. And I think we are fired up as fans for this week. We're always fired up, but this is such a big matchup for this team. Let's see who else we got in the house. A killer ferret. Good morning. Spa City Chop with a bird. Chuck Hutton, good morning to you. Lakana Mac, good morning. WCBJJ, Fly Eagles Fly. Andrew, Cowboys fan here, but I like your show. All right. All right, we'll give it to you then. Usually I would come after you, but you give me a compliment, so I appreciate that, Andrew. We'll get your perspective. I'd like to get your perspective on some of the things I'm going to talk about today from a Cowboys fan. Michael Stone in the house. Carlos Drew in the house. Stephen Thomas in the house as well with kind words to the best show on Jacob. I really appreciate that, guys. I say it every single week. Hit that like button for me, guys, if you can. The more sports fans we can reach, the better. But it is a big, big matchup this week. Look, every single Eagles-Cowboys game is always a big game because of the rivalry. But it's so much better when the game actually means something, when both teams are good, when both teams are pushing for that NFC East crown and really the top seed in the entire NFC. So this is such a big game. If you can't be up for this game, you're just not a fan because this game is huge. And I see more of you checking in. I love it. Thunderbird, how you doing, man? Carlos Drew, just call me Anton. I go by my middle name. Okay, Anton, appreciate you. A killer ferret, a little smack talk is fine. Just don't be an annoying troll. We've got enough of those. (laughs) 
Yeah, we do have some annoying trolls. Where's our uh, 49ers fan that loves to check in every once in a while? What's his name? Niners all damn day. Where's he at? Hopefully he checks in. But, guys, real quick before we jump over to Eagles-Cowboys, because that's where we're spending all of our time, Philadelphia 76ers win their third straight last night, second against the Toronto Raptors. So, hey, if they can keep winning basketball games with the assets that they have accumulated, there's a chance they make a move at the deadline. I don't know who would be available yet, but that is interesting. So if they can keep winning games, stay in the conversation for the playoffs, maybe they can make a move late. So Sixers, we have options. I said it when they made the trade. We have options, which gets you excited. But we are all Eagles-Cowboys today. Cowboys week. So I want to dive into all these numbers. We're going to do a deep dive on all of these numbers. But one of the things that Cowboys fans love to talk about is you can't beat that Prescott. You guys can't beat that Prescott. He's got your number. Well, unfortunately, guys, they're not wrong. They are not wrong. The Philadelphia Eagles have to prove that they are able to beat Dak Prescott. Because you look at Dak Prescott's record against the Philadelphia Eagles, and he is 8-3 and three in 11 starts. 8-3. and three. That's a problem. He's also won three in a row. The Philadelphia Eagles have not beaten Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys since December 22nd of 2019. That's going on almost four freaking years ago, guys. So this is the week that the Philadelphia Eagles need to show all those Cowboys fans and Dak Prescott that they can beat Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. And I see Eagles fan 8-3. and three. That is Dak Prescott's record against the Philadelphia Eagles. So say what you want about Dak, Pre Dak Prescott. And we know who Dak Prescott is. We know he's made mistakes in big moments. They haven't been able to get to a championship game. He turns the ball over at an alarming rate, but he has been able to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And I see Daz, that record is complete BS. Four of those wins were against our backups. Two more of those wins were because of Jerry World referees and the fumble and the Goddard called back touchdown. Also not wrong, Daz. Also not wrong that some of those have not been against our starting quarterbacks. But at the end of the day, when you're looking at a picture of 11 games and Dak Prescott has won 8 of 11, that's a problem. That's a problem. But I see Eagles fan in the chat. Carter and Davis are going to change that. Nobody on that line can block them. I've watched every Cowboys game, and I don't disagree with you, and we're going to jump into that in a second. Bobby Murphy, do I have the numbers on Dak's average release? I do not have the numbers, but I will say this. I don't anticipate Dak Prescott getting rid of the football as quickly as you saw Sam Howell do it last week. That was clearly Eric Bieniemy's game plan to get the ball out of Sam Howell's hands quickly. I don't think that is the Dallas Cowboys style of offense. So, Stephen Thomas, the tape is out on Bradbury. He's a liability. JM's got the stat. Two and a half seconds. But Real quick, guys, before we get into the numbers, let's take a look at the injury report for both teams. Philadelphia Eagles, big news 
Not sure right guard Cam Jurgens is going to be ready. They did activate his 21-day practice window from IR, but not sure they're going to be able to get him back into the starting lineup this week, which would mean Tyler Steen may be getting the start. Now, we've seen Sua Opeta in Cam Jurgens' absence at that right guard position. He's a little bit banged up, also didn't play that well. And if you read between the lines of what the coaches are saying, it looks like rookie Tyler Steen may get his first start in the NFL this week. So we got to keep monitoring that because this is a week where we're going to talk about it. But I've been saying it all week long, posting videos on my Instagram about it. You got to establish the run, and you have to establish the run early against this Dallas Cowboys team. And we'll talk about that in a second. But continuing with the injury report, really good news. Jalen Carter, full participant again. He looks like he is a 100% go. That is huge. Jordan Davis, limited. Milton Williams, limited. So we'll see if those guys can go. Both of those guys were able to play against the Washington Commanders. Did leave the game, Milton Williams, and came back. So hopefully they're able to go as well. But it looks like Bradley Roby still going to be out. And looks like Grant Calcaterra battling back from a concussion may be out. Is this the week we finally see Albert O, the tight end they traded for from the Denver Broncos, if you remember that move earlier in the season? A big body maybe could help them out in the red zone. We will see if Albert O gets the go because tight end Jack Stoll also was limited. So some injuries to look out for, guys. But the big one, in my opinion, is making sure our D tackles are a go. Jordan Davis, Milton Williams, and Jalen Carter, and then who's going to be the starting right guard. But bigger injury news coming out of Dallas. Tyron Smith, their starting left tackle, did not practice again. That could be a huge development if he's unable to go in this game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Because if Tyron Smith doesn't play in this football game, that will hopefully allow this Eagles defensive line to get a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott, which could go a long way in shutting down C.D. Lamb. And we'll talk about that matchup. But no Tyron Smith. Looks like their backup, Chuma Idoga, also was a limited participant. But outside of that, looks like they're going to be fully healthy. Zach Martin looks healthy. Demarcus Lawrence. Jerron Curse, who was out yesterday's practice, did excuse me, Wednesday's practice, did practice on Thursday. So they look like they're getting healthy. Michael Gallup was back after battling an illness. So really the big injuries to look out for, Tyron Smith on the offensive line for the Dallas Cowboys, Cam Jurgens on the offensive line for the Philadelphia Eagles. But it looks like all the other guys are going to play. And I see Eagles fans saying they're playing, talking about the D tackles for the Eagles, and I agree with you. I think we'll have a full defensive line for this Eagles team on Sunday. But let's jump in, guys. I want to look at these numbers for a second. And we keep talking about running the football. And I see you guys in the chat, pound the rock. I see Tony saying, pound the rock. And I know there's people out there who say that is an old school mentality, that this is a passing league now. And there is some truth in that. But you also have to look at the matchups. And when you look at the matchup, this week for the Philadelphia Eagles, it is right in front of them. It is clear as day for this Eagles team. Run the football against this Dallas Cowboys defense. Now, we said the same thing going into that New York Jets game. 
The difference in that Jets game was both of their starting corners were hurt, and maybe that's what triggered in Brian Johnson and Nick Sirianni's mind, hey, let's throw it. But this week against the Dallas Cowboys, everything is telling you to run the football. The numbers and the eye test. Everything. Sometimes stats don't tell the whole picture. But the stats and when you watch these games against the Cowboys are both telling you, run the ball. Let's look at the stats. This Dallas defense has been extremely good this season. Extremely good. They're number three in the NFL, only giving up 287 yards per game. They're number four in the NFL, only giving up 17 points a game. And they're number four in the NFL, only giving up 178 yards per game in the air. Top three total yards against, top four in passing yards against, and top four in interceptions. They have nine interceptions this season. They have 13 takeaways this year, which puts them in the top five in the NFL. Dallas wants you to drop back 40, 45 times and throw the football. You're playing right into their hands. That is what they want you to do. What they don't want you to do is run the football. They are the 18th ranked defense against the run, giving up 109 yards a game. And I've given you guys this stat before. The Cowboys are 5-2. and two. In the five games they've won, the opposing offenses have averaged 74 yards rushing. And in the two games they've lost, the opposing offenses have averaged 196 yards rushing. Now, I know that number can get skewed a little bit because when you get behind, you start throwing the ball a little bit. But look at the teams they've beaten and look at the teams that beaten them. The five wins, not a single team that this Cowboys defense has beaten is in the top half of the league when it comes to running the football. The Giants are close. They're 15th. So I guess technically that puts them in the top of the league. But the Giants are 15th in the NFL in rushing offense. The Los Angeles Rams, 17th in the NFL in rushing offense. The Jets, 18th. The Los Angeles Chargers, 22nd. And the New England Patriots, 27th. Those are the five teams that the Cowboys have beaten. And the two teams that dominated the Cowboys, number four and number five in rushing, the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers. And look at what those two teams did. Arizona put up 222 yards on the ground. The freaking Cardinals put up 222 yards on the ground against this Cowboys defense. The San Francisco 49ers put up 170 yards rushing on this Cowboys defense. It's right in front of them. It is right in front of this Eagles team. Run the damn football. The Cowboys can't stop it if you can establish the run. Don't play into their hands. Don't drop back 35, 40 freaking times this week. And we've talked about on this show before the issues I've had with this running game, trying to figure out what's happened to them over the last five weeks. And one of the big ones was, is it Cam Jurgens? Cam Jurgens did go out in week four, and since he's been out, they're only averaging 3.2 yards per carry with their running back. 
But I did a little bit more of a deeper dive. And I think there's three issues going on, and we talked about it. Cam Jurgens being out. Jalen Hurts not having as much of a threat on the RPO to pull it and take it around the outside. But I think the real issue is that they don't give the ball to their running backs early. They don't allow them to establish the run in that first half, which completely prevents them from getting into any sort of rhythm. And I see you guys in the chat, Mass Avenger, saying it's Gainwell. And I don't think it's all Kenny Gainwell's fault. Would I like to see them give Rashad Penny a chance? Absolutely. I'd love to see what does Rashad Penny have left in the tank. Everybody's been asking that. Where is he? Now, part of the problem is Penny doesn't play special teams. Penny isn't your third down back. So the issue is, is if he comes in, he's a guy, and me and John McMullen talked about this yesterday on Birds 365, he's a guy who really needs to be kind of your RB1 with the way he plays the position. He's not a third down back. He's not going to be on special teams. He's not returning kicks. So that's why he may not be able to get on the field. But I would like to see Penny. What does he have left? But the real issue I see isn't Cam Jurgens. It isn't Kenny Gainwell. And it isn't even the opposing defenses that they've played. On Birds 365 earlier, Jody Mack said, oh, well, they've played some really good defenses. And Mike Sealski. That's not the problem. Here is the problem. The first three weeks of the season, the Philadelphia Eagles running backs were averaging 5.25 yards per carry. And in those three games, the running backs were getting an average of 13 carries in the first half. In the next five games, the running backs' yards per carry dropped to 3.23. And the carries in the first half were cut in half, averaging only seven carries in the first half. That is the problem right there. First three weeks, over five yards a carry, you're giving your running backs, on average, 13 carries in the first half. The next five games, Yards per carry drops to 3.23, and you're only giving your running backs seven carries in the first half. You have to allow the running backs and that offensive line to get into some sort of rhythm early. The running game isn't something you could just turn on in the fourth quarter and say, okay, now we're going to run the football. You have to establish it. And those numbers I just gave you are even worse. When I say they've had seven carries in the first half – one out of the five weeks, they did give the running backs double digits. So that number, that average is even less. I mean, you saw what they did against the Washington Commanders. In the first half, I think the running backs had a total of three carries for a negative one yards. So Stephen Thomas is saying, so is the problem play calling, not the running backs? Yes. In my opinion, the problem is play calling in the first half of these football games, not allowing your running backs, and your offensive line to get into a rhythm at all when it comes to a running game. And I know the argument is, well, the offense is still putting up points. The offense is still putting up yards. They are. Number three in the NFL in yards per game. Number three in the NFL in points per game. But as you start to go through this gauntlet stretch of the schedule, and as the playoffs start to get here, you have to be able to run the football. 
And I see G Jr. saying if the running game is not working, they're not going to force it. Sometimes you can't establish it. They've played some D lines. But G, how do you know if the running game isn't working when you've given your running backs three carries in the first half? You can't make a decision about whether or not the running game is working off of three freaking carries to your running backs in a first half of a football game. You have to at least try to establish the run to keep these defenses a little bit honest. And when you're playing a defense like the Dallas Cowboys, who feast on teams who can't run the football, who feast on teams who think they're going to drop back 40, 50 times a game, you have to run it early. And Steve Thomas is saying he thinks they panic when they're not up in the first 10 minutes. It's possible. And look, I don't want to be too down on this offense. They are doing a very good job. I just talked to you about number three in the NFL in yards, number three in the NFL in points per game. This offense is very good, very good. But as you start to come into the season against these really good football teams, you have to be balanced. You have to be balanced. And you look at this Dallas defense and you look at the teams that have been able to beat them and they were balanced. So I see Bobby Murphy in the chat saying that Eskin's reporting he thinks they won't play Jurgens this week and bring him back after the Kansas or excuse me after the bye for the Kansas City game. But establish the run early. Establish the run early. That is how you can beat this Dallas Cowboys defense. And you look at this Cowboys defense, another thing that they do extremely extremely well is getting off the field on third down. And this is going to be a big battle on Sunday. Philadelphia Eagles offense is number one in the NFL on third down. And the Cowboys defense is in the top 10, number seven in the NFL on third down. I just did a video about this on my Instagram, and I say it every week. Good teams extend drives on third down on offense, and they get off the field on third down on defense. That'll be a big battle this week. Can the Eagles continue to be the number one third down offense and extend drives going up against this Dallas Cowboys defense? One of the things that did surprise me with this Cowboys defense is as good as they are, and you guys know the playmakers they have on that defensive line in getting after the quarterback with Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence, they're really not that high up in sacks. 18th in the NFL, only have 18 sacks this season. I thought that was a little bit surprising. You look at the Philadelphia Eagles, they have 25 sacks this season. But what was interesting is sometimes sacks can be a misleading stat. It's, oh, well, they're probably getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. 27th in the NFL in quarterback pressures this year. 49 pressures. Now, those numbers are a little bit skewed. They played one less game than a lot of teams. But still, when you have players like Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons, you expect that to be, expect that number to be higher. And Kathy Sanders says, you don't need sacks if you give pressure. But they're not getting a lot of pressures either, Kathy. 27th in the league right now. Now, this team does blitz more than the Philadelphia Eagles do. 
They're blitzing about 30% of the time. Puts them in the top 10 in the NFL. But Jalen Hurts has been pretty good against the blitz this season. He's been pretty good against the blitz over the last two seasons. So it'll be interesting to see if Dan Quinn calls a lot of blitzes on Sunday. But the Philadelphia Eagles, you look at this defense and you look at the Eagles' offense, it's run the damn football this week. But guys to look out for on that defensive side of the ball for Dallas. Everybody knows Micah Parsons. Everybody knows Demarcus Lawrence. Be on the lookout for Deron Bland. I am shocked how well this kid is playing. You go back and you watch some of these Cowboys games, and this Deron Bland is a very good corner. Very good corner. He was a fifth-round pick out of Fresno State in 2022. They see Trevon Diggs go down with a season-ending injury. You're thinking, okay, this secondary is in trouble. Deron Bland has stepped up, man. He's number 26. So when you're watching the games, look for number 26. Already has four interceptions this year, and he's taken three of them back for touchdowns. Really good player. And you look at him on pro football focus, on the grade they're giving him. He's the number six ranked corner in the entire league, according to pro football focus with an 81.3 grade, and he's an 81 in coverage. So this guy, I would expect, I would expect to see a lot of coverage of A.J. Brown by Deron Bland. And then they have another corner who's getting up there, but has played a lot of years in this league, a very savvy veteran, and that's Stephon Gilmore. So it'll be interesting to see who has A.J. Brown, but like we've seen week after week, it doesn't matter who really covers A.J. He's getting open. He's getting open. But, look, Eagles have to throw the football. I'm not saying they don't throw the football at all, but the key this week is establish the run. Protect the ball. And Jalen's got to be better at protecting the football this week. Don't fall into their hands I gave you guys this stat earlier in the week as well. In the Cowboys' five wins, they have a plus 10 turnover differential. And in their two losses, a negative four turnover differential. You have to protect the football against this team. Have to. And I have no idea. We're going to talk about the defensive side of the ball in a second. But I have no idea how this secondary for the Philadelphia Eagles is going to play against the Dallas Cowboys. They have been a Jekyll and Hyde all season long, letting Sam Howe throw for almost 400 yards last week, holding the number one passing offense in the league in the Miami Dolphins to under 200 yards the week before. Which secondary is showing up this week? But when you're going up against a Dallas Cowboys team who has a player like C.D. Lamb in the slot, I would think let's try to keep the ball out of the Cowboys' hands. Let's establish long, sustaining drives. And you do that by extending plays on third down, which the Eagles have been very good at this this season, number one in the league, and by running the football early and protecting it. Don't give the Cowboys more possessions than they should be getting. But that clearly, for me, this is where the game's going to be won. Eagles offense 
versus Cowboys defense. Eagles offense, top three in the league. Cowboys defense, top three in the league. Power on power. Who's better on Sunday? And before the end of the show, guys, I'm going to give you my prediction of what I think happens on Sunday. I want to get your guys' prediction in the chat before the game is, before, excuse me, before the power hour is over. But we're going to take a quick break now, guys. When we come back, I want to flip and start looking at this Eagles defense versus this Dallas Cowboys offense. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, Blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Philly Sports Power Hour with Bill Calarulo on this Football Friday. It's good to see all you guys here in the chat. Just a reminder, guys, hit that like button for me if you can. Really goes a long way, hopefully helping us reach more Philadelphia sports fans. But I appreciate all of you guys here today. 
getting ready for Dallas week on Sunday. And talking about being here, how many people in the chat heard Micah Parsons asking the Cowboys fans to take over the link on Sunday? Are you kidding me, man? Have you ever seen an opposing team take over the link for an Eagles game? Especially Philadelphia Eagles, Dallas Cowboys. You really think, Micah? That the Dallas Cowboys fans are going to be able to take over the link on a Sunday football game? Come on, man. Come on. I see you SC Birds fans in the chat. Denise Larada checking in. Gee Jr., that was laughable. It really was. I mean, come on. Come on. The Cowboys fans are going to take over the freaking link. Please. Please. SC Birds fans. May as well dress the Rocky statue. I don't know when opposing fan bases are going to learn their lesson. Like, just leave the Rocky statue alone. It never plays out well for these opposing teams who think they're going to do something to the Rocky statue. Just stop. Stop. Who else we got? Bobby Murphy. Parsons should know better than that. Yeah, it was just stupid. Just comical thinking that they're going to take over the freaking link, man. Not happening, but I expect the fans to be ready to go on Sunday. It's such a big game. It really is such a big game, and not only because it's the Dallas Cowboys, but you look at the standings, and we talked a little bit about it yesterday, about what this Philadelphia Eagles team needs to do over the next six. And this starts it off. To be able to go into the bye at 8-1, and one, being basically two and a half games up, in the NFC East on the Dallas Cowboys would be huge, absolutely huge. And then it would put you about a game and a half up on the Lions. They're 6-2. and two. They're on a bye this week. Seattle's got a really tough matchup, uh, matchup this week against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. 49ers are on a bye, but the Eagles would be two games up on them as well. So this game, to go into the bye at 8-1, and one, would be a massive success for this Philadelphia Eagles team coming off of a Super Bowl loss where we were all concerned about a Super Bowl hangover. They win this game and go into the bye 8-1. and one. You can look at the first nine weeks of the season and say it was a massive success for this Eagles team. But on the flip side of that, as great as the first eight weeks have been, if the Eagles lose this game on Sunday, it's going to be a long two weeks because we're going to be sitting there thinking, oh, man, seven and two. Same amount of losses as the Cowboys. Same amount of losses as the Lions and the Seahawks. And the 49ers are only a game back. And now we have all these tough matchups coming up, coming out of the bye, playing Kansas City in Kansas City on a Monday night. Eagles need to win this football game. I'm not going to call it a must win. It's not a must win this early in the season. But it is an extremely important football game for this Eagles team and for the entire outlook of this season. Would feel a lot better at eight and one at the bye, man, than seven and two tied with the Cowboys. And you lost the head to head matchup with the Cowboys. Now we'll have another game in Dallas later in the season. But this is a big game, a really big game for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Look, just checking the chat real quick, guys, before we break down offense versus defense, or excuse me, the defense for the Eagles versus the offense. Timothy Walker, Parsons did say the Eagles have no weaknesses. He did say that a couple weeks ago. That is true. Andrew X, I'm all for the Cowboys, but Parsons does say some questionable things just about every week. Camel Toe, <laughs> I, can't, I can't read that one, but I'll be at the link on Sunday with my Cowboys gear on. Come on, man. What are you, nuts? Listen, I don't condone a lot of what happens at the link to opposing fans. I don't condone it. But at the same time, if you are an opposing team's fans, please don't wear your opposing team's colors in that stadium. Just don't do it. You're asking for problems. You are asking for problems. And I tell this story a lot. When I was in college, I went to Eagles Steelers in Pittsburgh at Heinz Field. It was the year the Philadelphia Eagles had T.O. I think they started that season 6-0 and or 7-0. and I can't remember. And the game was in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh ended up dominating the Eagles that game. But I'm in all my Eagles gear. Me and my buddy from college, we drove. I went to Gettysburg College. We drove to Pittsburgh. We pull up in the middle of a Pittsburgh Steelers tailgate. I get out of the car with my Eagles colors on, and they yell over to me, yo, you from Philly? Now, I'm expecting the same treatment I would get in Philadelphia. So I turn, put my chest out. Yeah. They say, welcome to Pittsburgh, man. Have a beer. Have a bite to eat. They were so nice. And I told them, I said, you would not be getting this same treatment in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a different breed. So Cowboys fans or opposing teams, just don't wear your colors in the stadium. You're asking for trouble, man. You're asking for trouble. Let me see what else we got in the chat. MC, it's a must win for me. I live in Dallas, and I've been giving Cowboys fans hell all season. Bobby Murphy, absolutely a huge game, especially with our upcoming schedule. Big Ben, are you concerned about the Eagles secondary? We're going to talk about that right now, Big Ben. Kevin Savard, trolls in the chat all the time. Steve Thomas, Cowboys fan, just asked for trouble all the time. JM, I'm not worried about our secondary against a slow-release Dak with that receiving core. All right, well, let's jump into it, guys. I want to talk about this Eagles defense versus Dallas offense. Now, I know in previous years the Dallas offense has been very, very good, and we've seen them be able to put up a lot of points and put up a lot of yards. But when you look at this Dallas offense this year, that is not why they are winning football games. They are winning football games because of how good their defense is. Let's just look at the numbers, and then we'll break it down. But 15th in the league in yards per game, 16th in the league in passing yards per game, 11th in rushing yards per game, 19th in the league in yards per carry, only averaging 3.9 yards per carry. Really bad in the red zone. Actually worse than the Philadelphia Eagles are in the red zone. They are only converting in the red zone 40.7% of the time, which puts them 29th in the league. So you look at all these numbers, they're really not in the top 10 in any category that I just mentioned, but what they do a really good job at is putting up points, 28.1 points per game, puts them .1 higher than the Eagles, which makes them second in the league. They've been very good on third down, converting 48% of the time, which puts them at number three. And they've been really good 
at not turning the ball over. They are top five in the NFL with only seven turnovers. You compare that to what the Eagles have done, and it's amazing the Eagles keep winning football games, turning it over 13 times. The Eagles have almost double the amount of turnovers than this Dallas Cowboys team has. So you look at all these numbers, and it's, well, how are they winning football games? And they're winning football games because of a very opportunistic defense that makes a lot of takeaways, and the offense isn't losing them football games. But in their losses, Dak Prescott has turned the ball over. I gave you the stat in the beginning. Negative four in their two losses. Can the Eagles force some turnovers this week against Dak? And the one concern I do have, and I see JM said in the chat that he's not concerned about our secondary, but now is saying he's concerned with the mismatch of C.D. Lamb in the slot. That's the big issue in this game. Can the Philadelphia Eagles slow down C.D. Lamb? Now, C.D. Lamb's numbers against the Eagles haven't been great over his career, but he was really good in their last matchup. But you look at C.D. Lamb, he's played six games against the Philadelphia Eagles. He has 46 catches, 633 yards, or excuse me, 27 catches, 391 yards. I'm giving you his season numbers. So far this season, he's had 46 catches, 633, and three touchdowns. He's having a pretty good year. But you look at the six games against the Eagles, 27 catches, 391 yards. He's averaging about 65 yards per game. Nothing spectacular. But you look at the last game against the Philadelphia Eagles on Christmas Eve. He was targeted 11 times. He had 10 catches, 120 yards, and two TDs. And that was against a pass defense last year that was really good for the Eagles. They had the number one passing defense last year. I know we get on Jonathan Gannon a lot, but they had the number one pass defense last season, and CeeDee Lamb went off. But this year, this pass defense has been anything but the number one pass defense. Eagles are 26th in the NFL in passing defense. And you look at the numbers, they've given up the fourth most yards in the NFL to wide receivers. And an area they've really struggled, a lot of it's because of injuries, is in the slot. We thought and we were hopeful Avante Maddox would be able to stay healthy this year. Shame on us for thinking that because the guy hasn't been able to stay healthy his entire career. You then were hopeful before the preseason that you had some depth at that slot position. They had been working Zach McPherson into that role in training camp. Looked like he was ready to make a big leap to contribute to this team. Well, he goes out early with an Achilles injury. So now you have no Avante Maddox, no Zach McPherson. So what they do, they bring in Bradley Roby off the street. He played in that game right off the street and played really well. Well, now he's out with a shoulder injury. So who is going to play the slot this week against C.D. Lamb? Because C.D. Lamb is a very good wide receiver. A very good wide receiver. And look, we all hate the Cowboys, and we love to say it. All their players stink. But C.D. Lamb's extremely good. Very talented. You watched the first seven games of the season for this Dallas Cowboys offense, and C.D. Lamb just jumps off the screen at you. He's 
really the only guy, and I hope this doesn't come back to haunt me here, but he is the only guy on the offensive side of the ball that has me concerned for the Dallas Cowboys. Michael Gallup, average, in my opinion. Brandon Cooks is getting up there. He's not the same guy he was when the Philadelphia Eagles knocked him out of that Super Bowl in Super Bowl 52. But he's getting up there. They have a decent tight end, Jake Ferguson. But the Eagles have actually been better against the tight end in recent weeks. Only given up 43 yards a game to the tight end, which isn't horrible. But they're giving up 192 yards a game to wide receivers. That's a lot of freaking yards, man. That is a lot of yards. And Tony Pollard, another playmaker on the offensive side of the ball, hasn't looked great this season. In 2022, Tony Pollard was averaging 5.2 yards per carry. In 2021, 5.5 yards per carry. Because he was a nice change of pace back with Ezekiel Elliott. Well, now it's all on Pollard's shoulders, and we've seen his yards per carry drop all the way to 3.9. This is a guy who was averaging over five yards a carry, is now under four. And they also have that banged-up offensive line that we talked about with Tyron Smith at left tackle being out of this game, or hopefully not playing in this game, but he hasn't played. So CeeDee Lamb is the matchup the Eagles need to figure out how to stop. And who is it going to be? Who are they going to play at that slot position? And I see you guys in the chat. Slay doesn't play the slot. They only tried Bradbury there. Byard's a liability in the slot. Chris Scott says, Byard has played really good against the Cowboys in the past. He could be the key this week on shutting down Lamb. Byard won't be playing the slot, but he'll help our nickel cornerback on Lamb. Yeah, Kevin Byard's picked off this team a lot of times, even celebrated on the star. Local kid, so he knows the hatred for the Dallas Cowboys. But I don't think you're going to see Kevin Byard in the slot. Do they attempt to move Bradbury back inside? I was not a fan of that. I talked about that when they did it early in the season. I don't like taking James Bradbury from his natural position at outside corner and moving him inside to the slot. I don't like that. So I wouldn't like them doing it with Darius Slay either. But who's going to be the guy who lines up across C.D. Lamb this week? And I think you'll probably see what they did last week against Washington, which is both Sidney Brown and Eli Ricks splitting the reps in that slot position. But what I would love to see them do is get up in his face a little bit. Don't make C.D. Lamb have the ability to get an easy release off the line of scrimmage. Make it difficult for him getting off that line. Jam him. Give your defensive line time and opportunity to get to Dak Prescott. Now, Dallas doesn't give up a lot of sacks. They've given up 18, puts them about 13th in the league. But this defense and this defensive line, if they are given even a half a second more, will be able to get pressure on Dak Prescott. This Eagles defense 
Although they're six in the NFL with only 25 sacks, I say only 25 sacks because what we saw them do last year, but 25 sacks is pretty damn good. But that puts them six in the league. They are number one in the NFL on quarterback pressures. They have 90 QB pressures through the first eight weeks of the season. So give them an opportunity to get to Dak, and you do that by not playing eight to 10 yards off the ball. You do that by getting in these receivers' face jamming them at the line of scrimmage. Don't allow Dak to get rid of the ball quickly like you allowed Sam Howe to do. But you look at this Eagles defense, what are their weaknesses? They give up a lot of passing yards. They've been really bad on third down. And they've been really bad in the red zone. So that's going to be the keys to this game. We talked about it when we talked about the Eagles offense, being able to extend drives on offense. Well, good teams also get off the field on defense, and the Eagles haven't done a good enough job of that on the defensive side of the ball, letting teams convert 43% of third-down opportunities, which puts them 25th in the NFL. And what they were really good at when they went up against the Rams and the Dolphins, two really good offenses, is getting off the field on third down, especially in that second half against the Rams. I'm going off memory here, but I think they held the Rams to like one of seven on third down in that second half. Some crazy number. That's how you win football games in the NFL. And this Cowboys offense, I went through the numbers. They're really not in the top 10 in any category, but they are top three in third down conversion. So that's a battle to look out for on Sunday. Eagles defense, get off the field on third down. Don't let C.D. Lamb beat you. Make somebody else beat you on that team. Don't let it be C.D. Lamb. Force Dak Prescott to go to other guys on that team. Don't let it be C.D. Lamb. And figure out a way to get that turnover machine, Dak Prescott, to make an appearance on Sunday. We've seen it before. He's done a good job this year of protecting the football. But it's only a matter of time. Before Dak Prescott, the turnover machine, will show up, make it happen on Sunday at the link. Force turnovers in this game, and the Eagles will win. Protect the football and force turnovers. Turnovers are going to be – they're a big part of every NFL game. Can change the outcome of every NFL game, but even more so against this Cowboys team who loves to score points by turning teams over. 28.1 points per game puts them number two in the NFL, and they really are not in the top 10 in any other category on offense. Well, how are they doing that? If they're not putting up a lot of yards, how are they putting up so many points? They're doing it through turnovers on defense, scoring touchdowns on defense, getting good field position because of special teams. I went back and I told you I watched all their games. You look at last week. You look at last week, this Philadelphia, excuse me, this Dallas Cowboys team dominated the LA Rams 43 to 20. You watch that game, they had a pick six for a touchdown. They had a safety on defense. And then on the punt, the kickoff after the safety, what's his name? Turban? I'm forgetting his name now, but he's a stud. Is it Turban? You guys would know better than me, probably. Who's the, who's the returner for the Dallas Cowboys who's really good? 
think it's Turbin. He takes the ball all the way down inside the red zone. That is how this team is putting up so many points. They're doing it through, yeah, Turpin. Thanks, JM. Drawing a blank there for a second. But Turpin is a playmaker at returning kicks, returning punts. But that's how they're putting up so many points. So this Eagles team needs to make sure that they play three phases of the game. And when I talked about that safety, that was on a blocked punt. So you got to play all three phases of the game. Yeah, 43 points against the Rams. Six points came on defense. Two points came from a block punt. And then although it wasn't a return for a touchdown, the punt return put them in great field position to be able to score a touchdown. So you need to make sure you play all three phases of the game. Don't give this defense on the Dallas Cowboys takeaways. And don't allow the Dallas Cowboys to get good field position because of their special teams. But guys, we're getting to the point of the show where I'm going to give you my prediction. So let's see what you guys say. If you're here in the chat, what are your predictions for Sunday 425 at the link Eagles-Cowboys in maybe the biggest Eagles-Cowboys game we've had in a really long time, which is great. But what are your guys' predictions? I'm going to give you mine. I really think, and maybe this is me, wishful thinking, but I really think you're going to see this Philadelphia Eagles rushing offense return this week. I went over the numbers. We talked about what other teams have been able to do to the Cowboys and how they've won games, and I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to do it this week. They're going to establish the run. They're still going to throw the ball, and they're still going to put up a lot of yards through the air, but they are going to establish the run. You're going to see them getting back to that dominant running game that we've seen in the past. And the Philadelphia Eagles will protect the football. They will win the turnover battle. They will convert in the red zone. And the Philadelphia Eagles will win a close one, 27-24 on Sunday, improving their record to 8-1 and before the bye. Well, let me see what we got in the chat from you guys, what your predictions are. So Crowley X26 has it as a 30-27 to 27 win for the Birds. Timothy Walker, big win, 35-21 Eagles. Our Cowboys fan in the chat, Andrew Arias, Cowboys 31, Eagles 24. Gee Jr., 31-16. Chuck Hutton, 31-27. JM, 27-19 Eagles, and don't forget sports history today. I knew it as soon as we ended the show yesterday, JM. I got you today, brother. Gee Jr.'s got the Eagles winning. Chris Scott's got the Eagles 31-20. Bobby Murphy, 30-27. Ryan Flanagan, 30-20 Eagles. MC, 38-13 Eagles with a big win. Gee Jr., 31-16 Eagles. Smitty, 41-21 Cowboys. Dak looks Philly again. Come on, Smitty. SB Ricky, 31-21. Eagles fan, 28-20. Another Cowboys fan in the chat, 27-14 Cowboys. Adrian Darden, 27-21 Eagles. Tony, 31-24 Eagles. Now, I will say, a lot of you guys have the Philadelphia Eagles putting up 30 points in this game. 
That would surprise me. I'm not saying that this offense doesn't have the ability to put up 30 points. And I see M. Reyes saying 42-17 Eagles. That's a lot of points. This Cowboys defense is only giving up 17 points per game. They don't give up a lot of points. Even in their loss to the Arizona Cardinals, who put up 222 yards on the ground, they only gave up 28 points. San Francisco dominated. San Francisco put up 42 points. But outside of that, they don't give up a lot of points. Zero to the Giants, 10 to the Jets, 28 to the Cardinals, only three to New England. 17 to the L.A. Chargers, 20 to the Rams. So it's going to be a tough task to ask this Eagles offense to put up over 30 points. But, hey, they have the firepower to do it with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, DeAndre Swift. So we will see. But I have the Eagles winning this game 27-24. Now, I have to say, my producer, and don't be angry, he's got the Cowboys winning. He's got the Cowboys winning 31-24. So let's hope he's wrong. Let's hope all of us or a majority of us in the chat are correct. But, guys, like we end every show, except for yesterday, as JM, JM pointed out, Timothy, it's not Tone. It's Xander. It's Xander. So Tone will probably – no, not Tone, Timothy. Xander produces my show. So don't be angry at Tone. <laughs> Xander, so They're coming after you, Xander, in the chat, man, for picking the Cowboys. But yesterday we did not do our Today in Sports History, but we will end like we do every show with Today in Sports History. And this one was interesting. On November 3rd, 1935, the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Boston Redskins 7-6 to at Fenway Park, and the quarterbacks combined to throw for an NFL record 11 interceptions let's hope you see that from Dak Prescott on Sunday and not the Philadelphia Eagles but yes today in history the Boston Redskins at Fenway Park Philadelphia Eagles beat them but guys like I say every single day and I mean it I really appreciate all of you taking this hour to spend with me it means a lot to me that you guys are all here hit that like button hit that share button Hopefully, I'll be coming back to you on Monday at 10 o'clock talking about a big Eagles win over the Cowboys. And make sure you check out right here on the Jacob Sports Network all the Eagles game day shows. We have the pregame, halftime, and postgame. You'll get me, Seth Joyner, Derek Gunn, Mark Farzetta, Mike Missanelli, John McMullen, Kayla Santiago. So be sure to check us out. We're live at the Ocean Casino, but we will be live right here on the Jacob Sports YouTube channel, pre, half, and post game. So, guys, as always, go Birds. It was a great show. Appreciate you all being here. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you Monday, 10 o'clock. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.